0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mixed Moments podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Reif. And for episode nine, we are tackling the Olympics. So keep listening to find out what I think needs to change and what has happened leading up to the Olympics internationally in regards to swimming caps, in regards to track and field that have caused some thoughts and that I want to share with you. So keep listening to find out more. to mixed moments. Join me as we navigate all that life can throw at us and how growing up mixed impacts our day-to-day. everybody, welcome back to the Mixed Moments podcast. My name is Alicia and I'm your host for today. So as you may have noticed, last week I didn't publish an episode. And the reason for this was that I have been trying to get in touch with somebody who I could talk to for today's episode topic and to find someone that I could introduce you to and who could share their input on today's topic. However, unfortunately, I didn't manage to get in touch with someone and the people that I did get in touch with weren't available to speak to me. So I decided instead of waiting and keeping you guys from listening to another episode, I might as well just film it as a solo episode. And that's all we're doing today. So today's episode is on the Olympics, specifically on recent events and not so recent events which have happened, which have made me doubt as a whole the quality of the games the inclusion of the games the diversity of the games and really the respect the games have for their athletes uh, as individuals and that's what i want to talk on today so i'll guess we'll get started so the olympics uh originated in greece with the first records of competition coming from 776 bc throughout history the popularity of the games picked up and dimmed down but then again they piped up and in the 19th century they gained some traction. Currently they are the largest sporting celebration in terms of uh, number of sports on the program, number of athletes present and the number of people from different nations gathered together at the same time in the same place in the spirit of friendly competition they're routinely organized every four years and they include a summer and a winter edition athletes from 206 national olympic committees and the ioc olympic refugee team are eligible to compete in a wide range of sporting disciplines and events and these are watched by typically a worldwide audience the first edition of the modern olympic games was uh, staged in athens in greece in 1896 and while the first winter edition was hosted in chamois france in 1924 since 1994 the olympic games have alternated between summer and winter editions every two years within the four-year period of each olympiad so the topics i want to talk to you guys today about um and before i start i just want to say this is obviously i've done a bit of my own research but i can't know everything and once again this is strongly influenced by my own personal opinions and thoughts and i just want to share these with you and create a space for discussion because just acting as if this isn't an issue isn't going to solve it. So firstly, I want to talk to you guys about mboma and masalingi being disqualified due to their high testosterone levels, in addition, tying this in with castor I want to talk to you guys about Soul Cap and that not being approved by the International Swimming Federation for use in the Olympics. Those are the two topics I want to speak on, and obviously one of the other topics that have come up in the last few weeks is with a U.S. athlete who was disqualified for drug use. And because I'm not in the U.S. and I'm not as informed on this, I obviously think that's something that needs to be discussed. But I don't think I'm the right person to discuss this, um, as I don't have that much access to the information or. I don't feel comfortable speaking on it in terms of stating things that I can't back up uh, with research fully. And I feel comfortable speaking about Christine Boma and Beatrice Mussolini because they are Namibian athletes, it's at home. I've tried to contact uh, the Namibian National Olympic Committee. I've tried to get in touch with Olympic trainers here in Namibia. Um, and the reason I wanna speak about Soulcap is because I'm a swimmer myself. So I've swam for probably I'm gonna estimate around eight years when I was younger um, and that stopped when I got into high school and now I've picked it up again as recovery for my broken ankle. And it's something I uh, I, I can relate to this experience fully. So I thought, why not speak on it? So going to our first topic, talking about Castor Semenya, Beatrice Masilingi, and Christine Boma. These are all track and field athletes. Castor Semenya is from South Africa and Massilingi and Boma are Namibian athletes. And all three have been disqualified from competing in the 400 meters Olympic uh, race due to their testosterone being too high. So testosterone is responsible for the growth and the maintaining of bones uh, in reproductive tissues and for the production of red blood cells. And recently in Poland, when Masylingi and Boma raced for qualification for the Olympic Games, they performed amazingly. They did really well and they topped and they broke world records. um, And they're among the top five athletes in the world. However, after the Games, they found out that they wouldn't qualify for the Olympics and were taken off of the 400 meter race. And this sparked a lot of criticism uh, and backlash internationally, but also here locally in Namibia. I think for the sporting community as a whole, it really kind of took us back to the case of Semenya and um, the International Association of Athletics Federations, so the IAF. And after their ruling, the IAF's ruling for Semenya, they said that she would need to take medication to control her testosterone levels um, and to bring them down. And in the case of Semenya, she is born uh, as intersex um, and identifies as a female, as a woman. Um, However, the ruling identified her as a male. And according to the IAF, to compete in the 400 meters, your testosterone needs to be below five nanomoles per liter. And this ruling is based on the notion that gender can be measured and that only two exact genders exist. And that alone is a thought that is is outdated. It's no longer uh, relevant to the current times. And that's something that all sporting associations kind of need to keep up with in order to attract younger uh, athletes into the upcoming world of sport and to continue the legacy of the sport that they're part of. So the IAF believes that there are only two exact genders and that gender can be measured. So technically, if Semenya had a level of 4.99, she would have been accepted because she would have been just under five animals, And if she had 5.01, uh, it would have no longer been the case that they're accepting. So I think that in itself is already an issue that we need to look at, that you can't just define, it's no longer possible to just define it and accept that there's only two, two genders, because there aren't. There are so many amazing people in this world that don't conform to either being male or female or um, that don't, see these views the same and in in having this in place you disqualify potential athletes that are really really strong so I, I disagree with this in general and there's this trend that I think there is within sports that is targeting black athletes and specifically at the moment black women this is similar to Serena Williams who complained of invasive doping testing in 2018 and even though she never tested positive once, she had been tested four times more than her peers because people just seem not to really believe that a black woman can achieve better than or the same r- uh, results as a white counterpart i would guess and i think the the core of this issue is that these rules and these regulations have been established years ago they are old they are outdated and they were established at a time where inclusivity and really taking into consideration all ethnicities all cultures all genders and all the facts just wasn't the case um typically they were made by western governing uh, bodies and they took into account usually only western athletes and i guess now as we figure out and we realize the importance of diversity and e- and equality and equal treatment of all we realize that these rules are outdated and they need to change and if they don't change more of these issues are going to keep on coming up and more of these issues are going to happen where we realize there is an unfair ruling between one or the other And talking about the unfair ruling, in a sense, I'd love to bring up Michael Phelps and an athlete called, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but it's Iro Mantiranta. Um, So these two athletes are both white and both have biological advantages. However, none of the federations that they belong to or regulating bodies that are part of the Olympics or national sporting bodies have disqualified them or removed them from the sport for these biological advantages. So Michael Phelps uh, produces less lactic acid than the average human being. And this means that he has a stronger ability of endurance. He is also double jointed, giving his kick range, is giving his kick more range than the average human. And he has a really, really large wingspan, meaning he can propel himself faster uh, in the water and move forward a lot more than the average human. Whereas Eero Mantiranta, a skier, has a genetic condition that causes excessive production of blood uh, red blood cells, giving him an advantage in endurance sports. Red blood cells have the potential to hold oxygen and therefore give you more energy uh, for you to last longer whenever you're doing sports. So both of these two athletes have biological advantages that clearly mean they can succeed at their sport better than the average human. However, there has been no direct uh, regulation imposed on them that they can't compete or that they need to take some sort of medicine to bring down their testosterone levels or to alter their biological functioning of their bodies for the competition to go ahead. Whereas this is exactly what's happening with Boma and Masalingi. So it's terrifying how outdated notions on race and gender are being exercised to prevent black athletes in particular from competing. And when talking about Masalingi and Boma, the pair have been banned from competing in the women's 400. And the reason behind this is once again that their natural natural testosterone is too high. Uh, Masalingi said that I would ruin the way my body develops because that'll be something that, rearranges everything and how my body functions and everything so what she's referring to is the ruling by uh, the court was that in order for Masalinga and Boma to compete they would need to take birth control um, and medication to lower their testosterone levels And that was her reply that by taking medication, which is natural to her body, she is essentially doing something that rearranges her normal body function. She went on to say that I wouldn't want to involve any other things because this is the way my body functions in its normal way. And if I try something else, I might get caught somewhere else and something else might go wrong with my body. And in the end, this is exactly it. If your natural body functions the way it functions and you start to play with these functions to alternate something, something else might spike up or something else might change or it's. Something might not change at all. But in the end, you're altering the fact and the way your natural body functions in its purest form. And research shows that if you take a group of elite male athletes, all with varying testosterone levels, the ones with higher levels – of the hormone don't necessarily perform better than those with lower levels. So this is is true for elite female athletes as well, which is why testosterone can't be the whole story when it comes to athletic performance. And right now, this is the one thing that's keeping them from performing really well. Mboma raced with a record-breaking 48.54 seconds, a new world record, the fastest in the world, and Masalingi was close behind with 49.53 seconds. And they've been excluded from the Olympics. They're not allowed to compete in the 400 meters. And in a sense, in my personal opinion, this kind of means the Olympics have less value because I can't guarantee that those competing are the best in that field because they aren't. And there's others in the field that can perform better and have proven to perform better. And they can't race because of certain limitations which are based in outdated uh, thoughts or or in outdated regulations. And I think also as an athlete myself, if I won that at the 400 meters at the Olympics, I wouldn't feel as proud as I could be knowing I truly won and I truly did the best because I know for a fact that there are people out there who are faster than me and who would have won had they not been not allowed to compete in a sense. And one thing that I found really interesting to know during the episode um, and during watching the 400 meter qualifier in Poland was that even the, the commentator of the race had some unconscious bias and insinuated that the girls weren't supposed to be winning, that they weren't really worthy of this. Uh, she directly said, you don't do this. You're not supposed to do this to world-class athletes. You have the European champion, Urgevic, uh, and she continues on. And just that sentence already implies that, one, the Namibian girls aren't classified as world-class athletes because they're not supposed to be doing this to world-class athletes, whereas they have the right basis to be world-class athletes as well. They, they all are world-class athletes. And that's honestly what is the the draw to sports, is that it's a competition and it's the best of the best. And even among the best of the best, there have to be losers for there to be winners. And for the commentator to say, this is not something you do. This is not something you do to the European world champion. In a way, that's kind of confirming that they're not as worthy to get the spot. Whereas in the end, it should be whoever is strongest in the sport gets the spot. And this brings me to the point that in general, sport is unfair. It cannot be there. There will always be people who have biological advantages, or even in in terms of resources, some athletes have access to amazing resources to help them practice, to help them stay focused and really reach their goals, while other athletes just don't have access to these resources. But that's the nature of the game. And I don't think it's up to us to decide who what parts of the game can be fair and which parts are unfair or to what extent we control how fair they are in the same sense that they are short and tall basketball players and both play basketball but we don't say just because you're tall you can no longer play basketball and in a sense with runners with natural testosterone levels that are high that's your natural body function and by me deciding to exclude you from the game, I'm altering the the playing field and I'm no longer making it uh, a, a true playing field. It's altered in the favor of trying to keep everything the same, even though the concept of normal is not one size fits all. So that's what I wanted to talk on for Boma, Mussolini, and Semenya. And the second topic I wanted to touch on is swimming caps. So recently in the news, we saw a lot of talk about Soulcap and the Olympic Committee rejecting their use of these caps within the Olympics. So Soulcap is a company founded by Michael and Tox, um, who in 2017 decided to take swimming lessons together, where they met a Black woman with African or Afro hair, textured hair, who was struggling with the size of her swimming cap. Uh, And after speaking with their moms, sisters, friends, and realizing the lack of sustainability suitable and sustainable swimwear for swimmers with Afro hair braids or locks or any type of voluminous hair, they decided to create their own brand and They partnered with Alice Deering, who qualified to become the first black female swimmer to represent Team Great Britain at the Olympics. Um, But this was rejected by the International Swimming Federation. The body said that the cap did not fit the natural form of the head and underlining inherent and systemically institutionalized inequalities surrounding the sports. So as myself, being a swimmer, I can relate to the swim cap so much. I have spent countless swimming lessons either just rif- just out of pure frustration not wearing a swim cap or wearing a swim cap and halfway through the practice session having to take it off because it just doesn't sit on my head. And the reason for this is, is that African or Afro hair is naturally drier and has fewer cell layers. So the bleach in the pool is damaging to our hair a lot more so than to Caucasian hair. Um, And to combat this, we typically use oils or creams or conditioners in our hair. However, if you have all of these oils and creams in your hair to to combat the bleach in the pool and you put on uh, the cap that's designed for Caucasian hair, they slip right off. Uh, you don't even, usually it's as soon as you jump into the pool, your cap is gone. That's how fast it is. And that's something that we need to realize that the original cap that was designed by Speedo 50 was created and designed with intention and the use of Caucasian hair and not realizing that black hair or Afro textured hair grows up and kind of defies gravity. We require space and volume. Um, and, In a sense, the Swimming Federation saying that this does not conform to the natural form of the head. Inclusivity is realizing that no one head shape is normal. After this was published um, in, in the media... With the backlash that it got, Fina is now reviewing the situation and saying that it understands the importance of inclusivity and representation. However, this for me is kind of just a, oh, well, now that there's so much backlash, we obviously have to do something. Instead of realizing from the beginning on that, this is just something that needs to be done in order to make the sport more accepting and to make um, the games fair and to, kind of let each swimmer swim to their best ability for their own body in a sense and what I find really funny is even in high school oftentimes when I'd say oh come over to my house we can go swimming or oh uh, when friends would say they went to the coast and I would ask oh what did you do did you go swimming the reaction from my friends that were black was always no that's not something you do if you're black you don't swim if you're black that's not something we do and Black people can't swim, all of these kind of myths, honestly, which I've never understood and frustrate me because it's not true. But there's already so much barrier for people who might have an interest in in swimming that are Black or who want to really start the sport that if you have innovative people such as Michael and talks who come up with a cap that works for Afro hair, to remove one of these barriers of entry into the sport and that gets denied by international organizations it's showing young young children or young people that they're not recognized and that they're going to be disadvantaged into the sport so those were the two things that i really wanted to talk on As I said at the beginning of the episode, I can't say much for this is this is purely my opinion. This is what I think. And I've done my research on it. Obviously, there's different opinions out there. But as for now, I really think that if the Olympics want to continue being one of the biggest sport competitions in the world and attracting not only athletes, but also viewers and encouraging and fostering this this healthy spirit of competition and commitment to the games, commitment to the sports. They really need to start adapting and reviewing their own regulations and rules to become more inclusive, to become more accepting of today's new norms that we've adopted. Because if they don't, they will lose touch with the newer generations. And at one point, we will all realize that the games are based historically on outdated regulations, outdated laws, um, which don't provide for a sport that is based on purely the essence of who is who is strongest, who is fittest, who is best. And if you want to control who is strongest and fittest and best, then it should be an equal playing field in terms of everybody has access to the same sport, or if you do control it, control it among all sports. Don't just regulate what Black athletes can and can do, and accept that White athletes do have biological advantages. And I'm not saying Michael Phelps is a bad athlete; he has deserved it. He's worked hard, but he does have biological advantages, and that's fine. And if that's accepted, great. But that gives the Olympics and the governing uh, bodies no right to disqualify other athletes for their biological advantages so that's my two cents on the olympics and what needs to change in order uh, to become more accepting and to continue being an attractive essentially event uh, in the future years to come and i'd love to hear what you guys think so Let me know. Let me know on Instagram, or what you can also do is send me a message on Anchor, uh, a voice message, and I can listen to that and I can interact with you guys directly. So head on over to Anchor if you want to send me a message or just get in touch with me on Instagram. I would love to hear what you guys think. And as the Olympics are starting this week, I wish all athletes well. And I hope that instead of disregarding these issues and pushing them to the side, we really shine a spotlight on them and realize the importance of these issues in fostering and creating a game that truly celebrates the individuals that have the best out of the sport and not just those that have the best under certain conditions so I wish you guys a great week I'll see you again in two weeks and enjoy the rest of your day bye guys listening to this week's episode if you want to know when the next one drops subscribe to our podcast if you're listening on apple podcasts then please do leave a rating and a review so I know how to improve in the future Uh, if you have any thoughts on this week's episode or any suggestions for future episodes head on over to our instagram at mixedmoments.podcast and let me know what you think